All right. We're, so uh, we've got a treat today. Uh, Nathan Martik is going to teach today. We're still in Acts. So give Nathan a hand and, and welcome him, and he's going to share with us, okay? So I, uh, whoa, hello, voice of God. Um, yeah, so I've heard Cody recently saying he's a pastor here. So I want you guys to make no mistake, especially, uh, well, if I haven't yet met you, my name's Nathan. Um, I, I, I do not fancy myself a pastor, um, I just uh, for whatever reason, I guess God gave me the ability to do this without getting terribly nervous, and that's about my only qualification, so I just want to put that out there. And, and a basketball analogy, I love basketball, so if Cody's like the one seed, I'm like the 16, so <laughs> you know, maybe there's, maybe there's hope here, so, uh, but I'm excited to be here um, and, and be be with you this morning, and, and I also know as a fill-in guy, it's not really good to call an audible, but I felt like we almost needed to with that worship this morning, and like, just, just keep worshiping. Um, so thankful for their gifts and, and what, they, uh, what they bring, and, and, and bringing us to the altar of God. So, all right, I want you to do something. Um, if you have an Apple phone, or an iPhone, Apple product, or just raise your hand or put it up in the air. See, look at this, look at this. Okay, now that doesn't mean we're going to play games on it or, or anything like that, but um, a lot of people in the room, right? And we'll continue, I think, to see like literally the, the history written and the rise and dominance of, of Apple as a company, right? Just how it's, it's impacted so many of our lives every day. And it's, it's an amazing business. If you look at the business side of it, how they've essentially created in some ways their own demand for their products, you know, and they began selling the computers. I remember, you know, uh, the old, you know, the Apple IIe was the fancy thing that you had to learn how to program on. And, you know, that phone that we hold up in the air has as much power as thousands of those <laughs> computers that weighed 50 pounds apiece. And so I guess, why are we, why are we fascinated with this? Why, do we, why are we so connected um, to these, these products and, these, and this technology. And, and like you look at Apple even, it's like they didn't even create uh, cellular calling. They didn't. Verizon technically did. They made the first cellular call. Apple didn't. Um, they did, however, I believe, have the vision to see past the horizon to a moment like today when almost everybody in the room raises their hand that they own something that's sold by that company. And, and they also wanted to innovate in some way, I think, to make, make life better. And, and, they, and they created this identity and this brand that's nearly unrivaled, really, in, in the history of, of business. The logo, you could, lo- you could recognize that logo around the world, and it's the symbol of innovation and reliability. And, and absolutely, those who love Apple products are such devoted customers. People stand in line. Like, it, it, tornadoes, whatever, for hours to get the next product. They'll go to any length. So, you're probably wondering, how in the heck is this going to connect to anything? I'm starting to think the same thing here. Um, but if you would, just imagine for a moment if, if we figured out how to apply that, that, that connectivity, that, that, that passion, that, that desire um, and devotion to a brand, and to a product, what if we applied it to the gospel? Yeah. And we get, 
you know, one of the, I know, I, first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, one of the first things I do is I grab that phone. Mostly because, well, what time is it? I got to get up. Is it, do I got emails from last night? I mean, I, I doubt that I'm alone in that. It's one of the first things we do. And we, we get so excited to, uh, and, and it's like these impulses are going off in our brains of what's, you know, oh, did I get an email? Did I, did I get a Facebook update? And, and we get so excited about the, the latest, you know, version of the iPhone coming out and these gadgets and these widgets. And, and we're so excited for all this. But the greatest, the greatest news in the whole world still stays behind our lips. It still stays behind our lips. And we, we might seek Jesus, we might confess Jesus, but so many times, so many times we're not choosing Jesus. Right? It's, we can seek him, we can confess Jesus, but it doesn't stop there. We have to choose Jesus. And again, I, I think sometimes, you know, like, and it's something I'm trying to, that God is challenging me and challenging me through this to, to when I wake up in the morning, don't, don't let the first thing be grab that phone and see what it's telling me. You know, just thank you, God, for waking me up. <laughs> thank you, God. So today we're, we're continuing on in this study of Acts and, and really with the introduction and the story of Stephen, and, and perhaps, I think, you know, in, in a way, I know this is a stretch, but he's really one of the greatest brand ambassadors. You know, we're talking about this brand of Apple, and, and Stephen is such an ambassador uh, in the New Testament, and, and the gospel of Jesus was always, it was always on the outside of Stephen's lips. It was always on the outside. His, his testimony is amazing, but honestly, at times, I, I know I can feel threatened by it. Because can I really be as bold as someone like Stephen? Because we see how bold he lived, and, and it can make us shy away and, and feel like we're not good enough and that maybe God can't use me in that same kind of way. But that's not the point. I really don't think that that's the point. And, you know, Cody shared, uh, shared some brief notes with me uh, on this passage. So I, 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 re- and I said, Cody, hey, share, you know, share with me anything you got. And that's, that always helps to you know, to get me rolling, and, and, uh, and it was really brief. So I'm like, Cody, show me some love, man. Give me, give me a little more. But, you know, that's, you know he knows it's God's, uh, God's challenge, uh, challenging all of us. And, uh, but it's, this is a note uh, that he had that, that stood out to me, and it said, this passage is a snapshot of how Jesus has established himself as the meeting place, the holy place versus the law and the temple. We see the result of this. In Stephen's life. You see, Stephen, he wanted to bring everyone he could, everyone he could into this holy place and bring them into Jesus. Jesus is the holy place. And Stephen was many things. He was faithful, he was chosen and blessed. And in the realm of martyrdom, he was right near the top. He was truly right near the top. And I want us to focus today on Stephen and and how in the most simple of terms to me that, that he was about the business of Jesus. Stephen, at the, at the very core, was about the business of Jesus. If you would, uh, 
before we get into the scripture this morning, the sixth chapter. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you this morning and we, we know you're here. God, we feel your presence uh, through our time of worship. And God, I hope that it was uh, a sweet sound. God, we give it up to you today. And Lord, as we, um, as we look at Stephen's life, God, that we can, that we can be changed that we can be challenged, that we can know, God, um, that we're all chosen. God, that we're all chosen by you. God, whatever's been in our way um, this last week, this last month, maybe even this morning, God, that's, that's pulling at our heart, that's, that's clouding our mind, God, we just pray that you'll, you'll move it out of here, God, so that you can work freely. Thank you, God. Thank you for being bigger. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be in, uh, moving on in Acts chapter 6. We're uh, going to be verses 8 through 15. And this morning I want to look at the character of Stephen, uh, the blessing of the Spirit that was in his life, and, and ultimately how the, the truth, it never fails. So in the 8th verse... Acts 6 and verse 8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. A man full of God's grace and power. That's a, to me, is a dynamic description of a man that was actually not one of the chosen apostles. So he wasn't, he wasn't this, this insider. And it doesn't just say grace and power of his own ability, he's full of God's grace and power. It's a big difference. Because I I feel that sometimes our, probably our greatest collective weakness as followers of Jesus today is this short-sightedness. We can be incredibly short-sighted. We often give up on the power of Jesus and the power of God at that first sign of, you know, stress, of, of challenge. And even for myself, I know I tend to pray to a certain point, and, and then, then I just want to jump in, right? I, I run out of patience. I say, all right, God, I've, I've prayed. I've done everything I know how to do at this point, and, and I'm just going to get in there and, and try, to, try to fix this. <laughs> That's a great reaction, <laughs> right? See how many times that works. And as a church... And as believers, and even, you know, even just as, as friends here today, how about, we, how about we pull in every day to the, the quick trip owned by Jesus, right? And ask to be, to be filled up. Ask to be filled up every single day. So how was Stephen full of grace? He had a love and a compassion for people without the interference of self. Stephen was, he was selfless. And Stephen didn't offer grace, or he did not offer the, the, the same grace that Jesus offers, right? But he operated with a heart of grace, putting others first, and always putting God before others, right? He put others first, but always put God before others. And he lived the life of grace, that we're all called to live, that we're all called to live. Because when we live in grace and we have a deep 
appreciation for what we cannot earn. Grace is a gift. We can't go purchase it. We can't go to the app store. A lot of phone references today. Can't go to the app store and download it. We must, we absolutely must receive it. And, and I love, this is something that Cody is, has challenged us with often and is I, I, I think the only way now that we can imagine grace and receiving it is with our arms open. I don't think there's any other way but with, with our own arms open to receive that grace that, that Stephen spoke about and preached about. So how was Stephen full of power and, and what kind of power? The power of God, uh, and it says in the scripture, and Stephen was born out in these signs and wonders, and Stephen would never have been able to perform these kind of signs, right? These, these miracles, these, these acts of God without the power of God. And it takes tremendous faith, I think, to be blessed with that kind of power, right? Because I think we, as a church, and, and we may have situations in our families where maybe We've, we've prayed and, and someone was healed and, and, and there absolutely are still those kind of miracles happening. But, but, but maybe at times in, in different ways than, than what we saw in the scripture. But it, you really have to believe and have that and trust in the power of God for that kind of healing, for those kind of signs to really happen. And the other thing is, Stephen was this outlier. He wasn't, he wasn't one, of, one of the apostles that people had gotten used to, that, hey, this group that's really close to Jesus, that, that was selected, uh, if you will, by Jesus, that were performing these signs, and here's this other guy. Like, who's the new guy? You know, who's, you know who's, who's behind him? Who's backing him up? And... And then he was immediately going to be scrutinized because he was not part of that group, right? The other group, you know, the apostles struggled with as well. But now all of a sudden you have this guy that's kind of on the outside. And so they're really going to go, go after him. And the best part of it is that the same grace and the same power given by God that relieves Stephen from any of his concerns or fears, it's the same. It's the same power today. It's the same power today. And is it that we don't have today the power to heal or we don't have enough faith in God's power? Is it that we don't have the power to heal or is it that we don't have enough faith in the power? And I think it's the latter. And as we move forward, this morning in this passage, we'll see that part of this is that this kind of power and this kind of belief, it brings out the critics, right? It brings out the critics. It brings out those that want to maybe bring us down as Christians. If we, uh, if we move on, we're going to see in verses 9 and 10 and, and talk a little bit about how Stephen was uh, blessed by the Spirit and the blessing of the Spirit. In the ninth verse, op- opposition rose, arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as in the provinces of Sicilia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him. 
as he spoke, the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. With power of God comes the critics, right? The freedmen here that, that's referenced to in nine are the, some of the foreign Jews that were freed from slavery. Um, Stephen's gospel message was, was always going to be a challenge. It was always going to be somewhat of a challenge for the Jews and their leadership. Because a risen Jesus meant that everyone, everyone now had a seat at the table, right? Because the Jews, you know, if you're, if you're born into something, right, and, and you've been told your whole life you're born into something, when all of a sudden everybody's invited in. That's, uh, that's a challenge. And especially if, you know, you think about if you, if you were a Jew or then also if you'd risen up in the leadership you know, in the temple and all these kind of things, and, and you, were, you felt like you were up here and you'd worked your whole life to get, kind of get to this place in your faith and that everybody looked up to you. And, and as soon as you got there, you'd turn around and like, ah, letting everybody in, right? Because there was this feeling of this, this club that they, it was really hard to get into. And that's tough to swallow, and, and especially when the rules change along the way, and it's only our human nature to fight back at times against, against those rules and, and allowing them to change. And there's other, obviously, many times in the Scripture of, of God and showing examples of how the Spirit is in somebody's life and is truly leading, and, and we see it with Moses and, and how his words were directed by God and and he tried so hard, so hard, um, to avoid being called out by God. In Exodus, the fourth chapter, in the tenth verse, Moses says to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Right? So we know that Moses was called, and Moses is like, Man, I'm out. I don't. This is, not, this is not my gig. But he had the spirit that, that he trusted in this power. And you see, Stephen, Stephen was, was called out and, by God and the apostles. And, and he, was, he was not called out because he had uh, a million views on some sermon on YouTube. Or, but rather, they, I believe they saw his ability to let the Spirit lead in his life. I think they could see that in Stephen, that he let the Spirit of God and of Jesus lead in his life. And that's, it's, it's just so important that, that it's, again, it's not something that we just ask for once, but it's, it's every day. It's every single day that we that we seek Jesus to let, to let him lead. But we first must get out of the way and lay ourselves at the feet of Jesus and ask him, ask him to move in us, live through us, and project from us. I mean, would you agree that Jesus to move in us, live through us, and project from us? So we see this, this power, we see this blessing of the Spirit. 
And now we really see Stephen get challenged in the last part of the scripture, 11 through 15. And, but to me it says the truth, the truth never fails us. So verse 11. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified. This fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So this is, this is kind of really, I think, the moment where Stephen starts to head down this path to, you know, as we continue in this study, what we'll find out is becoming a martyr for Jesus. And, and right out of the gate, the priests and the leaders, I think, sensed this power, I think, sensed this blessing of the Spirit. They may not want to confess it or admit it, but they were threatened. I, I, I don't think you could see it any other way as they were clearly threatened by Stephen and, and what was within him. And oftentimes I think we, we wouldn't be that much different than, than these leaders, than these folks in the Sanhedrin that we feel threatened at times by the truth. Think back to uh, when you were a kid, and and at some point, um, at some point you probably lied about something, right? Little thing. I know, I I did it. Um, just and and I know for me, I think about it, and if I'd lied about something, and what what became so fearful to me, I ended up it was the truth, right? Because you make this decision um, to lie yet you know the truth inside. And that truth, in a way, be, you become scared of that. And, and what, we, what we know to be true can sometimes challenge us beyond our ability to think straight, to comprehend. And if we can't comprehend, we become more fearful. So they absolutely sensed that Stephen was blessed by something. And they may, again, they may have believed it to be the Spirit of God, but they knew in their gut. I think they had to have known in their gut that he spoke and he acted. He spoke and he acted beyond his being, beyond him just as Stephen, right? That, wait a second. You know, I think in the back of my mind, like, wait a second. What if this guy's right? (laughs) What if he's right? And then I think, too, they were, they were threatened um, by the teachings of Jesus. They were, they were happy with this old law because they were in it. They were a part of that circle and, and chosen. They believed they were born into grace. And Stephen was most likely teaching about Jesus and how he came to fulfill the law. And, and we see in Jesus' words back in Matthew, the 17th verse, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And imagine Stephen is, is preaching this, and, and 
this couldn't have gone over well. There's just no way, right? Because their entire life for, for generations and, and, and this group of folks that are, that are leaders and, and, you know, and, and access to the temple and all these things is this is how it is. You know, it, it was so straightforward in their minds, right? They, they, they had these blinders that they felt that God had put in place. And, and then to challenge it even further was, well, Jesus didn't come to remove it, right? You know, Jesus didn't show up and say, ah, we shouldn't live at all by the Ten Commandments. Yes, we should, you know? And, and there's the 600 plus laws of the old law and that we just throw them all out the window. It wasn't that. And in some ways, it, it was even, it would have challenged him even further because he says, I fulfilled it. What? So you're the old law, you're fulfilling the old law, and you're the new? I mean, I'll be honest, we, it, it's hard. It, it, it's hard even for me to, to always calculate and understand. So you can only imagine this group that with, again, just generational learning, right? And here's Stephen it's been fulfilled. And I can just imagine this group of, of men at, at a, I don't know if this is what it was, but, um, you know, at a, some big stone table elevated above everybody and we're going to be up here higher than you and smarter than you and with more of God's power and, and literally looking down and, and saying, so you're trying to tell us, you're trying to tell us that Jesus fulfills the law. Nope, not having it. Not today. This ain't happening today, right? This guy, this guy, Stephen, he's a liar. Taking my ball, I'm going home. I quit. I mean, I, 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 almost, I almost feel that that's, that's the kind of emotion, right? And then I, I love, I love, um, <laughs> I think it's, to me, at times, just the way that God chooses um, to show us and, and, and to teach us if we're willing to listen. And, and I love verse 15. And we only see this a few times, you know, recorded in the scripture. And it was, his face was shining like that of an angel. You know, and again, we, we know that Moses experienced this as well. And as he was coming down, you know, from the mountain as he had been face to face with God and, and God was with Stephen in that moment and God was within Stephen in that moment and God was filling that place with his light through the face and the testimony of Jesus and I, I just you know I, I can't help but but think of you know when I was was younger and, and we were playing about ba- and playing basketball and um, pretty competitive and still am you know we always say in your face right that's the way I feel right now like even God it's like literally it, it's kind of ironic that it's you know he's using Stephen's face to be shining like an angel and he's saying to these guys in your face right. I fulfilled it. I fulfilled the law. So we see 
And again, it's, it, we're going to continue to to learn more about Stephen and 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 how he moved under God's power as we move forward in Acts. But just kind of a an introduction to this this morning, and we see that Stephen was was a man of character, right? I believe, and he allowed he allowed the Spirit to move through him, and he trusted that the truth of God would never fail. He trusted that the truth of God would never fail, that yes, we, we had this old law, but Jesus has come. Jesus has come, and, and he, he, looked, uh, he looked like Stephen. He looked like me and you. He, he was a, we know he was a carpenter. Must have been good with his hands. Um, we know that that he suffered deeply as he as he hung on the cross for all of us. Yet, it's the truth. It's the truth of all of this, right? It's the truth that we have to lean on because it will never ever. So many things fail us. Something's going to fail you today when you leave here. Something. It will. Hopefully not your car. You know, but something, someone. But the truth will not. So where do we, where do we go? I mean, how do we, how do we apply this to our life? How do we apply Stephen and, and his, the power that he believed in, this blessing of the Spirit and and abiding in the truth. And it's easy to sit back, I think, and say, I was saying this to Cody this morning, that there's no way, I don't know how to be like Stephen. I don't, I don't have his courage, or I don't feel like I have his power, and I'm not there yet with God. My faith, it's not strong enough. I still need to put my faith in Jesus for the first time. I mean, whatever it may be. But again, I think this is our challenge this morning, is to try to... to to push all of those doubts, excuses, whatever we want to call them, push them to the side, and let's be about the business of Jesus, just like Stephen was. He was, we put, we see him and we see something that seems at times, I think, unattainable, but truly he just was so genuinely about the business of Jesus that God did the work. God did the work through him. Because Stephen says, I'm going to be about the business of Jesus. And to be about this business of Jesus, we have to take that first step every day. Right? When we wake up, when we wake up in the morning, what's that, what's that first step? Not even the step out of your bed. But when your eyes open and you're aware that you've made it to tomorrow. We have to choose Jesus. We have to choose Jesus. Just like I said, we get up, we check our phone. You, your favorite routine may be the morning coffee. It may be a newspaper. I don't know if anybody still gets a newspaper, but it may be that. You know, jumping in your car, getting to work on time. We choose to do these things every day. We choose them. 
Can we challenge ourselves in the morning? It's this simple. When we wake up, when God gives us breath to pray out loud, pray to ourselves, whatever it be, and say, Jesus, I want to be about your business today. I choose you, Jesus. I choose you. I'm going to ask the worship team to, to come back up. Can we do it? Can we challenge one another? Can we, can we pray for one another that he chose us, folks? We're already chosen. So when we, when we wake up tomorrow, say, I choose you. So with all of our doubts and with all of our flaws, whether we have prayed to Jesus for the last 40 years or 40 seconds, doesn't matter. Let's choose Jesus. And this morning as, as we, as the worship team takes us back closer to God through, through this worship and through this song and just take a moment, I don't know, close your eyes, sit up, sit down, choose Jesus right now. Whatever it is, whatever's going on, choose Jesus to help you. And remember, it is through his grace and his mercy that we are redeemed. And again, just as Stephen was chosen, just as he was chosen, we are redeemed. No matter what, we are redeemed because Jesus first chose us. Let's worship.